Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. God has a word for the church this morning. Revelation chapter 2, we're going to be reading verses 18 through 29, and I would, I would love your full attention this morning. Through 29, it says, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write the words of the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like furnished bronze. He says, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to feed sacrificed idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into the great uh, tribulation unless they repent of her works and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have learned until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father, and I will give him the morning star, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God, for your word that you've already spoken, that you are speaking this morning, Father God. I pray, Father God, that we may be in a position to receive it, Father. I pray that you forgive us, my God, that you lay aside, my God, anything that would hinder the move of your spirit to speak this morning to us, my God. I pray that you remove pride this morning. I pray, my God, that, 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 that you remove selfishness this morning, my God. I pray that we may hear your word, my God, as you want us to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, when I was reading this uh, passage of scripture, I, I, I thought that I thought that it was it's kind of a scary correction. And it's it's a, it's the, the correction itself is, is pretty serious. I mean, Jesus is talking about throwing into the great tribulation those who hold to this type of, of false teaching. What's scarier to me and I want you to hear this. What, what's scarier to me is that Jesus is speaking to what seems to be a healthy church. Jesus isn't talking to a spiritually dead church who's lost their love like the church in Ephesus. In fact, this church has excelled in love. This church has excelled in their faith. They have faith. They are servants in the church. They know how to serve. They, they are serving in the kingdom of God. They are doing the works of God. They know how to remain patient and build spiritual endurance. Verse 19 says that your latter works exceed the first. So this is a growing church. This is, this is an amazing report, that first part, from Jesus. They are, they are growing spiritually. This is what I believe uh, uh, every church should desire, to, to mature in the faith. 
to grow, to be known for its love and its endurance. I think if you were to attend a church conference, this is probably some of the marks of a healthy church. You have to have a church that loves. You have to have a church whose heart serves the, the, the community and the people in need. You have to have a church that builds upon faith and, and, and disciples new believers. It's a healthy church. Now, you've probably heard it said before that the devil works in churches. Have you heard that? The devil's in the churches. What, what, what need does he have to a dead generation? He's in the churches. I, I, would, I would suggest that, that he's in the healthy churches. He's in the thriving churches. That's where the enemy makes camp. Because the enemy is like, he's like an assassin, man. He goes in for the kill, and once he's done, he moves on to the next victim. He doesn't need to linger around something that is no longer a threat, something that is no longer being effective. So a church that is getting ready to close its doors, it's not making any more noise. A church that isn't preaching the gospel, it's not a threat. A church that isn't trying to be a light in its community, in its city, is going to remain in darkness. The devil works in what's healthy. Because what's healthy is corruptible. What's healthy has the ability to become unhealthy. This is why the devil was hanging out in the beginning in God's good creation. Why was he in the midst? This is God's perfect creation. What business do you have here? Oh, I'm here to cause destruction. I'm here so that if I can tempt man who was made in the perfect image of God, if I could tempt him, To sin, destruction will be brought into the world. This is why the devil was was so close to Jesus throughout his whole ministry. He tried to kill him at his birth. And then he met him in the wilderness. He went to the wilderness to tempt Jesus. And then he stuck around via Judas for three years, waiting for his opportunity to strike again. It's in the healthy places. It's in the healthy churches. It's in the healthy homes. It's in the healthy families. That the devil wants to do his work. Think about this. The devil is the antichrist, right? What does anti mean? Anti means against Christ. So everything that Jesus is, the devil is the opposite of. Everything that Jesus does, Jesus' purpose, is everything that the enemy is against. And so Jesus tells us that he came not for the healthy, but for the sick. Satan comes not for the sick, but for the healthy. And I don't, I'm not trying to scare anybody this morning. I just, I want to, I want to make you alert and aware that the devil is like a prowling lion seeking his next victim. Devil's in the midst. This is, sounds serious, man. I'm, I'm already started really serious this morning. The devil is in the midst. And this is, this would probably be a little bit more of a serious sermon. I've entitled today's sermon, The Liar's Truth. You know, when we talk about the, the devil, we think about him as a liar. The devil's a liar, right? That's, that's what we say. The devil's a liar. But I don't think he's just a liar. He's, he's, also, he's a deceiver. See, a, a deceiver is a really good liar. Because most of the times, a lie is just a lie. And you can tell when a lie is being told. Like if I were to ask you how old you are and you say 25 and you're really 35, you know, that's a lie, <laughs> You're lying. Why are you lying? But deception, deception comes with some level of truth. 
And so you can say something that is true, but your intentions aren't genuine. They are deceptive. And so we go all the way back to the, the very beginning. Eve uh, was told by the serpent things that were true. He didn't just blatantly lie to her. What does he say? Genesis 3, 4 says, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of the fruit, uh, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. And then after they eat of the fruit, verse seven says, then their eyes were open and they knew they were naked. He told them things that were true. He just didn't tell them the whole truth. That's lying by omission. That's lying by, that's, that's Pastor Melissa's favorite right there. She's just like, well, you didn't tell me that. So technically you lied, right? Sometimes I just forget to say details. I oh, know you lied. But lying by, that, that, that's, that's lying by omission. When you intentionally leave out something that, that, can, that is very important, a very important detail, that is lying by omission, which usually comes as a result of deceptive motives. I, I shared with you this story. Some of you probably haven't heard it. It's been, it's been a while, but um, the time that I got, I got scammed. Um, well, I bought, I bought these speakers. I was 18 years old, um, and um, I, I was at the bank. I was depositing my, my check. It was Friday. It was payday. I, had, I worked at Starbucks, and um, I was at the bank, you know, just like my very first check as an adolescent. And, and these guys roll up in a white van. That should, be, that, that should have been the first red flag, right? <laughs> the white van. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't think anything. And they were like, hey, man, I got these speakers. You know, I've been, try, I've been trying to sell them. Uh, you want to check them out? And, you know, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I looked in the back seat and there was a there was like a, a teenage kid, which thinking back, like that should have been another red flag. But he, he kind of looked like one of them. So I was like, OK, this is probably the, the guy's son. Um, so I was I didn't think anything. I was like, OK, these two guys are there at work and, and this, you know, this a teenage, you know, this, one of their sons is with them. I'll check them out. So I'm like, OK, I'll check them out. And they tell me this whole story about how they didn't want to take the speakers back to their boss, the warehouse. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't remember the details. I just remember that I trusted them. And they were Olin Ross speakers. Anybody heard of Olin Ross? That should have been my, the second red flag. Right? Well, who the heck is Olin, right? Um, I, I, I had never heard of him, but I was like, oh, Olin Ross, I guess he makes speakers. And uh, <laughs> the, the price tag on the box, it, it wasn't a sticker. It was like on the box. It said $2,000 MSRP. They bust out this Olin Ross catalog. Like, that should have been the, the other red flag. Like, who's got a catalog for, for speakers? Man, when I tell this story, I, f- I, I feel dumber every time. <laughs> but, but so, they, I mean, they're, they're trying to sell me. I, we got this catalog, man. Look at these speakers, man. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the MSRP is not a sticker. I didn't, I didn't put it on there. It's like it's on the box. So, obviously, I'm like, okay, how much do you want for these $2,000 speakers? They said 600 bucks, And... You know, I was like, bro, I work at Starbucks, man. I, give me like five weeks and, and then we'll talk if you want 600 bucks. I, I offered them half. I said, I'll, I'll give you three, 300 bucks. They say no. I'm like, fine. I'm getting my car. I'm firm on my price, right? <laughs> then the guy knocks on the window. I'm, I'm about to drive off. He's like, all right, we'll, we'll take 300. I'm like, what an idiot, you know? What a sucker got played by an 18-year-old kid. <laughs> I get home, first thing, first thing I do is I look them up, and I type in the name to Google Olin Ross, and then Google wants to, 
to, to autofill it and with the word scam. Olin Ross scam. And then I'm, I'm looking at all of these forums and, and people with the same story. There was this white van pulled up. They, they didn't want to take them back to the warehouse. And, and, and I felt so used and abused. And I was, I was angry. Everything was in the box. But these were like worth like $40. $40 speakers that I, I paid $300 for. Piece of junk. Never used them. But what they told me wasn't a bunch of lies. They told me a lot of what was true. The speakers were in the box. They were in its original packing. There was a catalog. <laughs> there was, you know, the, the, the sticker price did say $2,000, but I was deceived into thinking that they were really good speakers because they didn't tell me the whole truth. And that's what the enemy does. He allows you to have some truth, but if he's able to mix in some lies, you might not know what is true and what isn't. And you might get confused and, and, and be led astray. And can I tell you this morning that the devil loves it when you're confused. He loves confusion, division, and deception. And so this is the break or make moment for the church of Thyatira. They, they tolerate a woman who is compared to Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she's teaching and seducing my servants to practice immoral things. Notice the fact that Jesus calls them his servants. That means that these are people in the church who are not intent on doing evil. They don't have bad intentions. These are people who are, are, are wanting to grow. They want to grow spiritually. That's why we're here. We want to get closer to God. We want to, we want to grow in our faith. We want to grow in our love. We want to, we want to grow in the way that we, we help people. We want to grow. That's, that, that's, that's our goal. These are people who want to grow. They want to learn the word of God. They know that they need Jesus, but they're being deceived and don't realize it. Something that doesn't get preached a lot in churches, something that I believe that we hardly seek as believers, is discernment. Someone say that word with me. Discernment. When, when was the last time, you don't have to answer, but when was the last time you prayed for discernment? When was the last time God gave me discernment? What is discernment? Discernment is the Holy Spirit's filter of truth. Information comes in and the Holy Spirit reveals that information is either false or truth. And in today's world, we could all use discernment. I bet this woman, whoever she was, I bet she looked like all the other Christians in the church. She was, she was some type of, of leader. She had some type of position. I bet she taught a lot of what was truth. And she had a lot of respect and she had notoriety in her community. But then she started to say some things that didn't sound right. And because she already had this respect and a following and this influence, people continued to follow her teaching, not questioning it. Because sometimes people follow People before they follow the word of God. Sometimes people put their faith in people more than they put their faith in the word of God. Or, or they're ignorant to the word of God. And so they have to be spoon fed what someone else says. But that leaves us open to deception. And this woman, she was, she was teaching. She had a lot of influence. I bet you she was very eloquent with her words. 
she had a lot of she you know she had a lot of 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 influence in her community and people began to follow her teaching that was corrupt and that teaching began to lead people astray so the problem that i identify in the church of thyatira is that there was no discernment they were believing things that were not correct which was leading them astray now, I know that this message today is, is largely for the church, but let, let, me, let me take it down real quick on a personal level, okay? You ready? I'm, I'm talking to you now. What are you believing today that you have not first discerned? What are you believing today that you have not first discerned? I'm not trying to burst any bubbles today, but what are you calling promises that God never promised you God promised I'd be married by this day <laughs> well if God said it was going to happen I believe it with you sister brother but so many times we make decisions based off of what we convince ourselves that God said and that what that does is it leads us in a direction that God never purposed for us Christians today, man, have become so lazy in the way that we hear from God. I, and I, that, that's a, I'm making some offensive statements, I know. But, but man, Christians today, I'm going to say it again. Christians today have become lazy in the way that we hear from God. We say, Lord, speak to me in a way that doesn't require me to read. <laughs> you know what that's saying? Speak to me in a way that doesn't require me to hear from you in the way that you chose to reveal yourself to me. Give me an alternative. What's plan B? <laughs> and we say, God, if it sounds good, I'm going to believe it. If it sounds good, I'm going to believe it. If it's a prophecy of provision, I'll take it. But if it's a prophecy of correction, I didn't do it. If it's a prophecy of correction, mm-hmm, amen, sister, that's for you. The provision, oh, that's for me, Lord Jesus. I needed that. <laughs> the pastor was talking, the preacher was talking about faith today. And so I went out and I quit my job, knowing that God is going to supply, even though two weeks ago I asked him to supply this job. <laughs> we align our feelings with the word of God. It doesn't work like that, bro. Sometimes, <laughs> I'm getting real offensive today. Sometimes, Sometimes we're even too lazy to go to church and open up God's word. So instead we pull up a preaching podcast on our way to work because what else am I going to do in the car? And we say, okay, God, speak. Your servant is ready to hear from you. We want answers without seeking. And that is when deception comes because the enemy will give you exactly what you want to hear. He will give you exactly what you are looking for. If you are looking, if you are, listen, if you are looking for that confirmation, he might throw you a bone. Oh, there's, there's God right there. What we need is discernment. Yes, God wants you to have joy and abundance. Yes, God has a plan for you. Yes, God loves you. One that I hear all the time is, doesn't God, doesn't God just want me to be happy? Doesn't he just want what's best for me? Yes, but if your version of happiness is his version of sin, then no. We need discernment in the church. 
We need discernment because sometimes people will come saying things that are true. They come as an angel of light. They look innocent. They look like like sheep dressed or dressed like sheep, but are really wolves. And not even the people in the church sometimes can spot the difference. And I believe it's because we haven't sought discernment of the Holy Spirit. And we live in a confused world, church. We live in a real confused, man, we don't, we don't even know what to believe half the time. And see, in the first century church, they had very limited access to information, right? They didn't have the internet. They didn't have Google. News didn't travel as fast. You couldn't just pop on the TV and, and, and see what's going on in the world. The gospel itself had to go to the churches through messengers. And I'm not talking about the Facebook app. And so because of that, because there was a lack of information, it was so easy for someone just to go in the name of Jesus, saying, I am a preacher, I'm an apostle, I'm a pastor, I'm a prophet, and insert things that sounded good but was not the gospel. Things that sounded good but was not really truthful. This is why Paul was always telling the churches, be on the lookout for the false teachers. Because in a world where information was limited, it was easy to be confused. Today, times have changed. Today, times have changed. But let me tell you, confusion has adapted. Confusion has not become scarce. Confusion knows how to roll with the times. Because it still abounds today. Now, today, we don't have a problem with not enough information. We have a problem with too much information. There's information everywhere. You can ask your uncle, and he knows everything. Ask your cousin, and he knows everything. Everybody knows everything. The church down the street preaches a different God. One news source says one thing. The other one says the opposite. One pastor says one thing. Another pastor says that pastor is wrong. There's so many different theories, so many different views, so many different experiences, so many different types of anecdotal evidence. What do we believe? It's so hard to make decisions when we don't know what to believe. And if the spirit of confusion can make its way in the church and bring division and lead people astray, how can we effectively be the church? A healthy church like us. Most debased and sensual kind, her conduct was in many respects very disastrous to the kingdoms of both Israel and Judah. She's got a rap sheet, man. This is a woman who married King Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel. Israel is the people of God. She enters the presence of a people who are called to be holy. She enters the presence of a people who were told to stand apart and be set apart from the world because you are different. You have a purpose. She enters of spiritual godly people to confuse them, to corrupt them, to deceive them. Today, we, we don't just think of Jezebel as a person, but as a spirit. It is anything that deceives and leads the people of God astray. 
And man, we are seeing in our churches all over the world the teachings of Jezebel. When a church begins to conform, when we say things like, when we say things like you can practice sexual immorality and be okay, when we say that a homosexual lifestyle is okay, we have conformed. When we preach nothing but the message of God's love, but we omit his hatred for sin, we have done a disservice to those who think that they can partake in God's fellowship and still live in their sin. We have conformed. When we replace the word of God with things that scratch our itching ears, we have conformed. It's a liar's truth that we have believed. What we need is discernment. Can I get some keys, please? We need discernment, church. What we need is a health, we, we need a church that is healthy in the way that it loves, like we do, in the way that it does outreach, and, and the way that it tends for the least of these, and the way that it disciples believers, but also that knows the word of God. We need to know the word of God. Young people, you got to know the word of God. You got to read it. You got to study it because that is where God has chosen to reveal himself to us. We need a church that isn't just well connected with the local church, but well connected with the Holy Spirit. It's to these that the son of God promises to give authority over the nations. It's to these who will rule with Christ. At the end of the age, because they were not led astray. I want to go back to verse 24. It says, but, the, but to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule with them an iron rod as when earthen pots are broken into pieces even as I myself have received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches I believe that God is calling us to seek the discernment of the Holy Spirit Humble us, number one. To anyone who has not received Jesus into their life, this is something that we do week after week. And we don't want to let the opportunity go by. If you're here this morning and you don't have Jesus, you're not walking with Jesus, and you want to accept him today as your Lord and Savior, and you want to leave, you want to leave behind a lifestyle that has conformed to the world, and you want to walk in the fullness of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If you want to accept Jesus this morning, salvation is here in this place. Eternity, eternal life is here in this place. 
All you have to do is accept Jesus, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you will be saved. If that's you this morning, you say, I want to accept Jesus. I want to have my name written in the book of life. I want to see eternal life. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Amen. I I saw a few hands. Can you just raise them one more time? One more time for me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. If that was you this morning, I want to, I'm going to ask that you just repeat this prayer after me and saying it with a sincere heart and with a clear mind, salvation will be yours. I'm going to ask the whole church if we could just say it together as, as one body. Heavenly Father, I thank you because I know you sent your son Jesus to die for my sin. And today I want to leave behind that lifestyle. And I want to follow you, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I ask you into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, enter me and lead me to the everlasting. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Let's give God praise. Three people, three people accepted Jesus this morning. Three people. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.